Time now for the morning line here on KMA. Iowa's nine area education agencies face some major challenges in the upcoming legislative session. Dr. Jason Plord is administrator with the Green Hills Area Education Agency, covering numerous KMA land school districts. He joins us on the line this morning to talk about what the proposal would mean for his AEA and others. Good morning to you, Jason. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, everyone. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for being with us. Uh, First of all, why don't you remind us as to how many counties and school districts the Green Hills Area Education Agency serves right now in western Iowa? Sure. Thanks, Mike. So uh, we serve uh, 15 full counties, 18, including some partial counties across uh, southwest, south central Iowa, 45 public school district, uh, six non-public schools. Uh, We serve over 37,000 Students. It's a pretty big ge- geographic area. Uh, some say it's as big as New Jersey. So we're we're covering a lot of lot of ground, supporting and serving a lot of schools and and students and families. When you talk about serving students and families and school districts, kind of run down, uh, give a brief synopsis of the services the AAA provides. Sure. So we provide a lot of services. I mean, I've got a list here that I actually reviewed this morning with my administrators of almost a hundred different things that we do. Uh, with our schools. The big buckets are special education. That's really 80% of what we do. We specialize in working with students and families, um, you know, that have children with disabilities. And then we also have other services, something that's called educational services, uh, as well as media and technology. So we serve a a wide variety of areas and have a wide variety of experts that do that on a daily basis in our schools. Well, two weeks ago, Governor Kim Reynolds announced in her condition to the state speech plans to introduce legislation removing the current requirements for school districts to allocate their special education dollars to their regional AEA, and that was just part of her proposal. Uh, What was your reaction to the governor's announcement, uh, this part of her uh, proposal that uh, was announced at the condition of the state speech a couple weeks ago? Yeah, so obviously as leader of, you know, AEA, uh, I'm very concerned, but so are every single one of our staff members, uh, our schools. Uh, we're seeing quite an outcry uh, across our state uh, against this particular legislation. I mean, I could talk about, you know, dozens and dozens of concerns. It's a very long document. It's a 125-page bill. Uh, it's very nuanced and vague and uh, in some cases difficult to understand. So there's a lot of people, include, including you know, our senators and our congresspersons uh, that are trying to take a look at this and see what are the implications. I think there's some real implications that are very negative, And I think there's some unintended consequences that haven't been thought through uh, because it's moving so fast. Well, Reynolds' uh, proposal also uh, involves uh, oversight, uh, adding oversight to the AAs through the Iowa Department of Education and limiting the regional agencies to just special education services. Uh, as you say, you're providing over 100 services right now. How would this impact on the surface your ability to serve school districts in KMA land under this proposed change? Yeah, I think I think our local schools could should be very very concerned in our local communities. You know, this uh, our organization has been around for 50 years, and some some have accused us of you know that that's a bad thing. I think that's a great thing. It's very foundational. If you set these two bills side by side, the new bill compared to the original bill back in uh, the early 70s, um, the original bill was very strong and some amazing people had some some foresight and some wisdom 
in terms of uh, local control and some other key principles that are being attacked in this new bill. And I'd go right to local control. I, I, I do not believe, and I, and I can't find anybody that believes this other than maybe somebody from Des Moines, uh, that oversight and accountability coming out of a central location in Des Moines is better for our schools, particularly our rural schools and your audience, um, than is the system we have set up, which is local control, local school boards, people that we trust that are in our own communities and in our own schools. So I put my stock in it. We did that 50 years ago. We continue to do that. I put my stock in local folks knowing uh, their schools better than somebody out of Des Moines. Also, uh, when you talk about uh, the services, again, uh, allowing districts to, to allocate their special education dollars to the regional AEAs, uh, the bill would also uh, allow school districts to maybe contract with neighboring EA, AEAs and uh, private services. Uh, uh, that's one of the governor's push. How do you react to, to that part, part of the proposal about, I guess, giving, giving school districts more choice in how those special education dollars are spent? Sure. Uh, AEAs, we actually were not uh, concerned about this idea of choice and, and options for families and parents. We've had that for some time here in Iowa, and uh, we offer great product, uh, products and services and supports at a great price, honestly. And so this idea of choice and options for families is something that we welcome. We serve all students, like I said before, public school uh, students and families and communities, uh, non-publics. We even serve homeschool students. So that's the business we've been in for some time. Our biggest concern is, again, that's being pushed through so quickly that we, we don't have a chance to, to look at accurate data, to have the real discussion. Uh, we're definitely open to improvement and conversations around improvement and how we might, might do that. We just want to be at the table. We want to involve the right stakeholders. Our school leaders should be involved, our local school leaders, your, you know, your superintendents, uh, your local school boards, as, as well as AEAs. AEAs really haven't been consulted in this bill. As as well as uh, you know our our community leaders, they haven't been consulted, and so that that sets up a, a recipe uh, that really is a disaster in the making. Under the proposal, how many services and how many employees from the AEA are threatened by this as it stands right now? Yeah, I'm very concerned about that because behind this legislation and behind all these decisions are people, good people good people that live in our communities, good people that are doing good things every day for other good people. So my people are working with LEAs and schools, again, good people doing good things. And, you know, I hesitate to say a number, but I will say, you know, projections are, you know, I have about 315 folks and, and at least a third of those lose their job as a result of this. That causes unemployment. These are people that live in our in our rural communities, um, you know, that have to look for other options. In terms of services, we're looking at five out of six every service uh, out of the services we provide going away. That's 85% of our services. And the 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 thing that's the Achilles heel in in this for sure, along with other things, is the idea that that money doesn't flow back to our local schools. So if you're a small rural school, or even a mid-sized school, and in some cases urban schools, you're going to struggle to find the money in your current coffer in order to pay for all of these services on your own because there's no contingency plan for any additional funding. So our funding goes away. It goes back to the tax base, which on the service, and it starts getting the weeds and complicated, so I won't go there. But I'll just Mm -hmm. tell you that there's no contingency fact in terms of additional funding for local schools uh, to make up for these services. Let's talk about how the AEA handles situations such as tragedies, such as the shooting incident in Perry, 
earlier this month. If you have a situation like that, it happens in your AEA uh, region, how would that impact your ability to help school districts through uh, a similar tragedy such as what we experienced in Perry a couple weeks ago? Yeah, it's a great question, Mike, and of course, timely, and you know, our hearts go out to that community. It's a, it's a good talking point and an example to give some context to what we're talking about with AEA. So that's, I mentioned, you know, 100 services earlier. That's just one of the services. And when I say services, there's great people behind that that are doing great work. And Perry's a good example. For, for example, Heartland AEA had almost 100 folks uh, that work for AEA show up. And these are, these are master social workers. These are school psychologists. These are everyday people that work for the AEAs that showed up along with emergency services, along with police departments and so forth. But our staff not only shows up to, to support those children, those families and staff members, but they stay there. They're still there, uh, you know, working with families and students and so forth uh, with the lingering effects of such a trauma. I know within Green Hills, for instance, we have over 50 folks that are highly trained in this area that will show up immediately. And we've actually had, a lot of people don't know this, but seven serious crisis events across Green Hills uh, since August where our staff was, was on site uh, certainly not as you know dramatic and, and um, sad as the Perry situation, but but serious situations where there's a loss of a student, maybe a staff member, uh, somebody who's critically ill, somebody who's a you know outstanding citizen that serves in a school, and we show up on site and we stay as long as they need to support them. Again, master's level folks that that understand uh, the seriousness of this. That includes 17 districts. So 17 of our 45 districts have already tapped us this year. For these serious situations. With this bill, all of that goes away. And my, my overarching question is, when all of these services go away, what is the plan to fill those gaps to help schools, to help communities? And so far, I haven't heard. There, there doesn't seem to be a plan. And if there is a plan, it hasn't been shared with, with any educator I know. And that's very concerning because these things are vital to our communities and our schools. One last question. If there's anybody concerned about this or wants to voice their opinion about the proposed bill, what should they do? Yeah, so the most powerful people can, powerful thing people can do to help is to contact their local legislators. It's easy to do. You just do a search online. I'm also going to give a quick phone number because I think sometimes just a phone call uh, still works, too. And if you want to call the House or the, or the Senate, the phone numbers are similar. You can call 515 because they're both out of Des Moines. They're both at 281, so 515-281. If you want to talk to somebody in the House about, you know, a local House member, it's 3221. And if you want to call somebody in the Senate, it's 3371. And, again, you can do a quick search, you know, Google search for, uh, for the legislature, and, and it's very easy to do. And just a short story and a message on behalf of yourself or your school or your community uh, goes a, a long way. These are good people that are serving our communities, that are elected official, officials that are open to conversation and listening. Well, Jason, thank you very much for being with us this morning. We will talk to you about this, I'm sure, somewhere down the line. Have a good rest of the day. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, everybody. That's Dr. Jason Plord, Administrator with the Green Hills AEA, on the morning line on KMA.